hosted a ghost, or 15. The story's got confetti, a parade, it's gonna be a rock. Buckle up. We are here with Will on the line from the exotic Midwestern Plains. Will, how's it going, man? Pretty good, partner. Is that a cowboy impression? <laughs> yeah, it's my best uh, John Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to uh, sit down and talk with y'all. Us too. Yeah, definitely. What else is going on in your life? Oh, a lot. Um, uh, started freelance playing with what that looks like, overcommitted. So that's, like, interesting. Uh, I have a puppy. She's a sweetheart. Hmm. What kind of freelance are you doing? I think our listeners might be interested in, like, what a day-to-day life looks like for you. What you, what are you up to? What do you do for work? Yeah, so these days, uh, so I'm a freelancer. I'm a a freelance product engineer. So what that means is, like, I make apps, websites, iOS apps, Android apps, um, and a whole bunch of stuff. Basically, I... Uh, have three contracts. One's in the iOS app, going to be hopefully ported to Android as well. And then one is a uh, web components app, which is uh, really cool. And then another one for some marketing stuff for another company, huh. which is, isn't fun, but it's uh, actually great, great design. So that that's what makes it so exciting to work on. Oh, rad. That sounds really challenging and uh-huh. technical and what I what yeah, I heard yeah. you say was I'm really smart. <laughs> um, well, that sounds really cool. Um, we love talking to people that have knowledge in all different you know areas of the internet and the world and experiences out in it. But there is one question I think our listeners will be dying to know, mm-hmm. and that is, Will, what is your favorite spooky entity? Is it werewolves, ghosts, aliens? Really bad written code. <laughs> <laughs> really bad written code. That's some spooky old um, stuff. Uh, so it's definitely it's definitely werewolves and um, vampires. Actually, probably mostly because uh, I'm sort of merging the two because of um, what? Do you remember that book, Bonuncula or yeah. Benicula? Yeah, Benicula. Oh yes, I have oh, the, the first bunny. edition signed copy in my bookshelf. No, not really, but I do remember that book. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. And I accidentally rediscovered it while I was at a book uh, bookstore uh, two, three days ago. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so uncanny. What the heck? So um, vampires for sure, not werewolves, but vampires for sure. So Benicula, what's the story again? It's a bunny that's a vampire? A bunny that's a vampire and it eats fruit and this dog is like trying to, I think it's a dog. I don't remember, but it's like a dog that's like trying to tell the family that, hey, this rabbit is like fucked up, dude. There's like something (laughs) really bad about this rabbit, but uh, dog is just not not getting the family to uh, get get rid of this creepy rabbit. 
So I think that's like the entire thing. And there's like there's like a series, interestingly enough. I think there's like five books. It's so long. It's like a universe. <laughs> I would imagine that, yeah, Bonicula is undead, right? So this could go on forever. <laughs> and that's so true how, you know, the pets always, they're always they trying to look out for our best interests, but we're too stupid to listen. My cats see ghosts mm-hmm. all the time. It's true. Always- <laughs> well, speaking of ghosts. Mm-hmm. I have a cool story. Tell us about it. What happened? So I've been thinking about it more and more ever since. So the first time I told this to, I think you and a group of friends at my previous company was um, just around October, maybe last year. And we were just telling ghost stories. It was like really, really fun. And I told this story. And as I was telling it, I was like, what the heck? Like, I I, I repress this memory. I don't know why. I wonder why. And then I started thinking about it more and more and more. And so we can like get into that, uh, like sort of treat it as therapy. Like I could, cause I don't know why I decided to uh, repress it. So that's super interesting. But anyways, I've got a story about uh, uh, some ghosts and how I became a host, a ghost host. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I was about, I think it was about five because I was in kindergarten. I remember that it was spring. I was, so I'm really young. I'm super small. Uh, I don't have my crow's feet showing yet. Um, I have kind of puffy hair. No, not styled in any way, shape or form. Um, Kept that look for probably too long. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I, uh, we live in this house and I'm going to, I'm going to send you an image that you can attach into show notes. Um, I mocked this up in sketch really quickly because I was like, I want to make sure that people can follow along. That's fantastic. So we lived in a two bedroom, one bathroom apartment uh, complex on the second story. When you entered the apartment, you could see sort of two rooms separated by a counter and you had the living room directly in front of you when you entered and uh, behind the counter uh, to your uh, right was the kitchen. If you can't see this in the show notes, that's great. But also like an image doesn't do good for podcast material. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> on the counter, I for, this is super important. So, so on the counter, my mom, she was in college. Like she went from uh, uh, high school to college and she had me and she was a single mother just for the longest time. And basically she would come home oftentimes and just crash on the couch. And so when when she would wake up, she always had this alarm clock that was, it was, uh, what kind of, it was a General Electric's alarm clock. It had wood grain with like these vivid, bright red numbers. Oh, sure. It always sat on the counter facing our couch in the living room. Uh, she used it for years and the thing is indestructible. She'd come home drunk or tired and fell asleep on the L couch to, and wake up in time for class or work the next day because the, it just screams like it, it wails. Yeah, I feel like every family in the 90s had this alarm clock. I mm-hmm. I, I distinctly have memories uh, in my parents' bedroom. <laughs> it's so uncanny. It's so uncanny. Well, we actually used alarm clocks back then, you know? <laughs> right? It's not just our phones like laying on our bed. So back to describing uh, the apartment complex. Behind the kitchen counter and the living room, uh, there's a short hallway. So you can see the hallway from entering the apartment. It's kind of big. It's shallow. It doesn't go back very far because it's, it's, it's a college kid's house, you know? Sure. It's a tight place. 
Um, but for a little five-year-old, it seems like a big house. It's really not. My bedroom is at the end of the hall, and it has a queen bed dead center in the room. And there's a closet tucked next to the hallway to the left of the room when you enter in from the hallway. <clears throat> Going back out into the hallway from the living room, um, facing my bedroom, to the left is the bathroom. And the bathroom has some interesting stuff that happens in the story. And then there's also my mom's bedroom that is on the right. My mom's bedroom is closed the entire time. So let's go back into my bedroom. Um, we're going to fall asleep as little old five-year-old William Mikey. Uh, <laughs> I w- <laughs> Mikey, I, I went by Mikey for such a long time. Um, I woke up between midnight and 2 a.m. And so I'm laying in the bed, right in this right dead said. Uh, dead center in the middle of the bed and I'm looking up and there is a very large goldfish swimming around my bed as if the bed was a fish tank. Um, And it is a massive, like if I am three feet probably at the time, it's like five feet. It's a, it's a very big dead dead goldfish Um, just swimming around. That is wild. Yeah. Goldfish, they're usually so small. <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe it was a koi fish. Maybe it was a koi. Like a really, really big, but it was like tall. And really, really dead. Yeah, very, very dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm five. Immediately I'm scared. I know something's wrong. And so I sort of, for a moment, I have uh, what's called sort of like kind of like bystander effect. Like I'm like, oh, what do I do? I don't know what to do. Uh, I'm just paralyzed. I'm scared. I try to scream and or even say anything, and it's just like a whisper that's coming out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just trying to say, mom, mom, but it's like, mom, mom. I cannot like for some reason work up the gumption to like actually say something. So I look into my closet after I start sort of trying to like communicate that I'm like scared, I look into my closet and inside of it, I can see two sort of short beings that that are probably about the same size as me. So they may be kids. I I don't know, but they're trying to play catch um, from the bottom of the closet to the top. And they're, they're throwing a ball up and down, like me, like I'm just like, oh my god, what the fuck is going on? That's of wild. I'm, I'm a kid, so yeah, it is very scary, and there's so much more. So with with those two, I that's the moment where I was immediately like, I need to get out of this room. I don't know what's going on, but I know I need to get out of this room because this is very scary. Um, so I am inching toward the left side of the bed and I jump off and begin running to the hallway. So I'm try- I'm going to try to describe everything that is happening while uh, like I'm sort of processing it. So it's, we're going to sort of talk in slow motion while this is happening, so to speak. So while I'm running, I'm noticing some glittery stuff that seems to be falling all around me. It's just, it's just like these, these glittery little squares that continue falling down sort of from the sky. Um, There's not a lot, but it's just, it's enough to be distinguishable to say, what is going on here? That's so crazy. So as I walk into, well, I run past the bathroom uh, of the hallway, 
I'm looking inside of the bathroom and what I see are two more figures. So our bathroom is really small, but we have the shower facing the, uh, the back. And then we have uh, the toilet on the, the left side and then a sink on the right side. So these two figures, the first one is uh, a naked woman with her head half cut off in the shower. <laughs> what? Just taking a shower. Um, there's, there's no water that's actually like, you know, spraying down. And then there is uh, another figure that's sort of like uh, a smashed muscular man. And, and in, in the sense that it's not like he's, he's been stretched out uh, horizontally. Um, and, uh, he's very muscular and he has a, uh, one of those meat cleavers in his right hand oh my God. and he's sort of playing on the, um, uh, toilet. Uh, uh, but, but I can see him, his vertical, like smashedness from my perspective. So it was, he's, he's sort of just banging on the toilet. Um, so she's in the shower. He's, I don't know what the fuck he's doing on the toilet. What's I don't, I can't, I, there's no motivation to hit a toilet lid. Uh, but so obviously I'm looking at this as a child and I'm going, well, clearly the bathroom is not a safe place to go. Um, I don't know why I decide to not go into my mom's bedroom. I really don't probably because mom always came home and she was like really exhausted because of school and but I also could be like making that excuse up. I, I just don't know why I decided to not go into my mom's bedroom. Hmm. Yeah, because usually you'd go to your mom for comfort. Yeah, exactly. You were close, right? Yeah, I was very close. Like, so I have no idea. Well, you know, sometimes that stuff just happens too. Like mm. you're just not thinking yeah. about it and you're just, you know, in fight or flight and you're just flighting. <laughs> and I, I really do think that's what it was. I was just like, oh my God, this is horrifying. I need to, I need to go. I'm just like, ah, <laughs> running. I'm out of here. <laughs> so exactly, exactly. So um, I bolt past the bathroom and I run onto the part of the L couch, the sectional, I guess you could call it, that's facing the door. So that part of the L couch is facing the kitchen, the kitchen counter. So I, I just jump onto that part of the couch and I dig my head into the cushions and I'm just there for as long as I can be. For some reason, when I decide, hey, maybe it's okay, don't know how long it was, but I, there's also this, like, this feeling of, I, know, I do need to know what's going on. I do need to know what's happening in my surroundings. I know, I remember I, tur I turned over to see what was happening and that's when I could see that um, ghostly, as I, as I turned over, I remember seeing that ghostly stuff falling again. And it wasn't until I completely turned over that I realized what it was, which is it was falling confetti. It was confetti falling down. Um, and as I completed, completed turning over, what I saw was, and I'll try to describe it as I'm processing it from top to bottom is, uh, so I talked about that, that clock that was sitting on the uh, counter. I'm seeing clock, confetti. Clock, confetti. Right next to that clock, that very vivid, bright red, uh, those numbers, right next to it, like not even uh, uh, five, six inches away from it, was another set of, and this is, this is 
probably the simplest entity that I've, I saw. It was a sort of orb uh, that had two very bright red eyes and it did not move or stop looking at me for a long time. And this entire experience happened until I had to go to uh, school in the morning. Oh, how many hours is that? It had to have been six or eight because I woke up at at least midnight or 2 a.m. So. Wow. So long time. Very long time because I don't remember falling asleep. I know I didn't fall asleep. I was just looking the the entire time. I was just like uh, fixed, transfixed. And it just stopped. It doesn't just stop. So there's, there's a little more. Okay. So on the counter is that entity that I'm going to call, I dubbed it jokingly the master ghost. Um, it's the <laughs> leader. Continuing turning over as I'm going from top to bottom, as I'm turning over, uh, there's a parade happening between uh, going from the wall into the counter. A ghost parade. A ghost parade. A ghost parade, <laughs> which is probably a cool fucking band name. Yeah, I was going to say, I saw them at <laughs> South by last year. <laughs> yeah, dude, they're pretty cool. It's like math. It's math. <laughs> <laughs> good, good music. <laughs> uh, so, some of the some of the creatures being things that I see are um, one of them, and I and I remember seeing what was it, The Shining, where the girl walks down the stairs. Uh, uh, on all fours. Is that The Shining? I don't think so. And like, oh, the Exorcist. she barfs all over the. The Exorcist. Yeah. I remember seeing that like five, six years later and going, oh my God. I remember that. What? Whoa. Holy cow. But so one of the beings that I see oh is gosh. a woman on all fours. And what happens with each of these beings is so they walk in from the wall and they stand in the center of this sort of clearing between the counter and the wall Mm -hmm. and they perform something, they do something and then they walk into the counter. And I, I know I saw like nine, 10 different distinguishable ones. What were some of the performances that you saw? Like what's your favorite performance that you saw that day? Um, favorite. (laughs) Uh, let's see. I think there was, there was someone, there was a, there's like a punk rock guy who had like a guitar through his <laughs> stomach, like oh. the, like the, the, the entire fretboard, like just like someone stabbed him just like with a sword. Um, so that was really interesting. And I thought that was fucking super metal. As soon as I started getting into Slayer, <laughs> I was like, oh, hell yeah, this is, I get that. That's cool, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. The next year in first grade, you got into Slayer. <laughs> then it was, yeah, I was like listening to little Einstein and I'm like, ah, this isn't right. Anymore. <laughs> A little bit different. A little bit different. Uh, let's see. Uh, there was, I remember there was... <laughs> I don't know why, but I remember there was this naked woman that came out and she like did a twirl and then she went in to the counter. I remember there was the being from the bathroom came in again, the squished man with the meat cleaver. He walked in and he, I don't, I don't know, probably just jiggled. Um, 
and then walked into the counter. <laughs> you know, it was, you got to understand for me, the, the biggest threat aren't these things seemingly having fun. My biggest threat is this, this ghost on the counter that has the red eyes that is not taking its gaze away from me because mm. it's much more menacing and, and, and threatening. It's, it seems to be exuding something like that is just anger, like angry. Um, and so for me, I'm more focused on it because I don't know what it's planning on doing. I don't know what is going to happen. There's a lot of movement over here and I can, it's easy to see it in my peripheral, my peripheral vision, but this thing feels like it's doing, it's going to do something like it must be because of how it's just silent. So you're sitting there on the couch, terrified. You've got ghosts just streaming from wall to the countertop. Um, seemingly having fun, ghost confetti falling. It's like half, it's like half parade, half party, half, I know this is three halves, but, uh, half terrifying, (laughs) scary, like omniscient ghost staring you down. There's like the ringmaster in the corner that you are really focused on. Oh, that's a good word. Ringmaster. I like that. That is a great word. Cause that's, that's what it feels like. It, it, it's very circus. Like, so what happens next? Um, okay, so as light starts coming in through the blinds, m- mom always loved dark areas when she would wake up because it was easier to wake up. You know, you don't have a lot of bright light in your face. Sure. Um, but light started peeking in through uh, the little slit in the um, uh, window. As that happens, everything, not everything at once dies, but what I notice is the last entity goes into the counter and confetti begins to sort of wean off. Um, and it iteratively comes to uh, close. There's no more confetti falling. But that single ringleader, that master ghost, is sitting there still staring. And that's the only thing that I can see, the only paranormal thing that I can see. And then... What happens sort of in a very quick burst, it was super rapid, is everything that had come from the wall and into the counter emerged from the the center of the counter where that where that red ghost was and just begins pouring, like sort of arcing um, into right where I am laying down. And it's just like, it can have gone on for more than a minute, but it was just like very extremely rapid um, things falling into me, arcing into me and then just going into directly my chest. Oh my God. And the very last, as it, as it stops, the very last thing that goes in is that single red ghost, um, that single red eyed ringleader master ghost, uh, and then it's just gone. It's silent, and I'm sitting there. I had to have beat my pants. Um, I didn't, but I know that I felt so afraid, uh, and it, it was something that I thought could not stop thinking about because of how much happened in such a quick amount of time. It was extremely traumatic. Like, I know it was super traumatic because... I like I still feel it 
nowadays. So if this happens and I'm fucking afraid, I know yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I am. Rightfully so. How scary, Will. My God. Yeah. And you right. were all uh, by yourself. Like, mm-hmm. how do you even begin to like know what you're seeing when you're five years old? Like most things are new to you in your life when you're a kid, let alone have a, have an idea of how to like go forward with your life after experiencing something so heavy. Yeah. So sometime later, maybe 10 minutes later, my mom gets up. And then we start getting ready uh, to for her to go to uh, school and me to go to, well, for us to go to school. Um, when we are in the car, I mention it to her, but I'm not ready. I don't, I don't, I'm not ready to like really talk about it. Um, and she is sort of in her work mode where she, she turns on the music uh, in California. It was B93.1, a uh, bunch of alternative music. Um, but she likes to listen to music as she's driving in. Um, and so there's really no chance to talk about it. Uh, but when I get into class, we were watching caterpillars, um, go through the, uh, metamorphosis of, um, going from a caterpillar into a butterfly. And I remember my kindergarten teacher was like, okay, everybody, let's get ready. Today may be the day. Mm. I remember, I remember thinking, as one of the butterflies like came out, I was like, Oh fuck. What if that happens to me? (laughs) (laughs) What if I become like a ghost butterfly? Uh, I was, uh, actually like so sort of weirded out by it that I just, I was just like, fuck this. No, I'm not doing, I'm not going to do this right now. I walked to, uh, just play with my friends and I like just ignored it. Just, totally ignored it. I thought, I, I still do think that the idea of me, cause I know how vivid it was. I know how vivid it was just me going, Oh my God, what if that happens to me? <laughs> and so I, I, I look back on it now and what my thought process was and how just, just genuinely funny that is that I could think that a ghost butterfly could emerge from me. Cause now I'm a little more thoughtful. Like I know how the world works. I don't think that this is like, I don't know like a real thing that happened to me. It doesn't feel like a real. It was real and present in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. That totally makes sense that a, you know, a child would think that way. Like it, it seems like totally rational (laughs) for you as this young, (laughs) as this young kid to see this happen and then get that fear. I, Mm -hmm. I, I don't think it's weird at all that you felt that way. No. And can we spend a little (laughs) time on the metaphor for a second? So in the butterfly metaphor, you wouldn't even be the caterpillar. You would be the cocoon. I would be the cocoon. And the mm. go- you would be like the host or the, the yeah. ghosts would be the host. You are the ghost host. Okay, I see now why you said that earlier. The ghost becoming stronger through you somehow, emerging as something more powerful and- That's- Ah! That's precisely what I was thinking because like, what if they did go into me, what are they doing there? How, how long are they going to be in there? And what- what determines the moment that they come out like for a caterpillar? Um, it's just, it's the time that they spend in the cocoon and then um, spring. Like it's just the the way that it feels for them. And then they're ready. Hmm. What is it for them? I have no idea. I have no, I don't know. Have they emerged yet? Yeah, Was there ever a happen? moment that, that <laughs> no, 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 Phew. that's good. <laughs> so much tension. was. Just, or maybe it hasn't happened no. yet. 
Don't say that. Don't say that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll be like 50, 60 laying with my wife and then like <laughs> just emerges. Ghosts just like, come what out the of your fuck chest. was that? Yeah. And you're like, see, yeah. I'm not crazy. I did I see that you. when I was a kid. <laughs> um, but anyhow, you've spent a lot of time thinking about this since then. And I'm wondering like what you make of it and um, how those thoughts have developed over the years and especially this week. So this week I realize like so I tried to sit down yesterday and I was like okay what are all the times that I've tried to process this I know that there was I think the 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 single time that I tried to process it and then and that's sort of the moment where I made the decision to ignore it was when I was talking to my grandmother about it um uh so I I bring it up and I just start bringing it up I, I I'm certainly not telling the story is in detail as how I just did. I think this is the first time, though the first time that I would have talked to it with my grandmother um, uh, or really anyone at all uh, because I think I just tried to ignore it. And it, it, it was sort of circumstantial where we were talking about ghosts and um, grandma was telling just ghost stories. And I was like, okay, here's one that actually happened to me. And I tell a little bit of it and she starts to be like, and I don't, I don't have a good relationship with my grandmother. I want to be kind of clear on that. So she's, she's always been, um, she's kind of a bully and that's okay. Like it's whatever. Everybody's family has different relationships. Like it happens to everybody. Um, but so grandma, I bring it up and she's like, oh, that's weird. You're weird. That's, I don't think that that really happened. Did it really happen? Oh. Uh, and then, and then she tried to, I remember she also tried to later on in the day, I think at dinner, she sort of poked and prodded at, at us. And then she also said something actually really, really bad that I did not like. Um, I'm not going to repeat that, but the, it was, it was like, it was like, okay, if this is how I'm sort of like, if I'm opening up and I'm sort of like brought back down in that way, then I'm not going to, I'm going to make the decision to not talk about this because clearly it's not, it's not good. Like it's not mm. uh, uh, something that yeah, my grandmother wants me to talk about. And she's my grandma. Like at the time I was like, okay, I just didn't have a full scope of the person that she was. So it was like, Oh, right. yeah. What That's a so rejection. Yeah. Rejection. Thank you. That's the word. That's what it felt like it was. Yeah. And so I didn't talk about it. Um, I literally made the decision to just whatever. It didn't happen. I'll just write it off. And uh, I think that the the second time I tried to process it was seriously at the retreat that I've been talking about where we were telling ghost stories and I told it and I told it in a much more joking fashion. So, so much more funny. And then because uh, also we were all drunk. <laughs> and uh, that's that's the first time where I was like, you know, I need to I need to try to make it so that I'm not just like saying that this happened for sure. Um, I wrote it off as uh, my mom. She always like she was in college. So she was exploring. She was experimenting with drugs like everybody does. And um, she had uh, LSD in the house. And so I was thinking maybe 
that's what it was. Like maybe I just took LSD and on accident, like I could have just eaten something, but I don't remember, I don't remember having LSD before like eating something that I probably shouldn't have before I had this entire experience as in, did I, did I eat, did I have some LSD or even shrooms and then wake up in the middle of a trip? Could that have been the case? I don't know, but it doesn't, it didn't feel like it when I growing up and I got into college and I started experimenting with LSD, um, that like that was the same. It didn't feel like the same. It wasn't, it wasn't as concrete because it was Mm. extremely concrete that I had this experience with, with this, these sort of very crazy ghosts entering me, ghost parade, ghost circus. Um, it's like you, you know, like when, when you willingly ingested a substance, you like know, oh, this is the feels. effects of the substance. And yeah, yeah, you can tell like, you you could tell a difference between an experience driven by the LSD and and this other thing that you experienced earlier on. Exactly. You can certainly tell the difference in the different kind of highs or fries that you have it's it mm. happens in different places and it happens at different sort of wavelengths so to speak and it's it gives you different senses or it just feels different completely like you know the differences and, the, and with this in this case i know that i was not hallucinating it doesn't it doesn't feel like the same kind of hallucination that mm. you would get from shrooms it doesn't feel the same cuz because that augments it doesn't it doesn't just create it, it I don't know so where does all of this leave you now do you believe now like do you did you believe then like where where does this at the end of the day where are you now oh good yeah like what are your categories of belief are there some things that you do some things that you don't yeah there I think are more I don't know there are more things that I don't believe in than I do obviously it's good to be skeptical I feel like I'm nervous to accept it because I know that if if I decide to make that a traumatic experience that's shaped me, there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting things that go with that, such as if you do if you do make that a part of your identity, any kind of experience like that, then um, what what does that mean to the people that uh, interact with you that know about that? Do they could they, um, such as how my grandmother did, make fun of you? I don't like to be made fun of. Sure. Nobody does. And so if I do decide to adopt that, then, but there's also, I do feel like that was uncanny. Like that had to have happened. It's not, it's not something that was aided mm-hmm. by like drugs. And yeah, I don't know. That's, that's kind of where I'm at. Still torn, but I know I'm going to process it more. Hmm. It sounds like, too, you're thinking through questions about who you're going to share this with and when and what does that mean if you if you tell your story, your life as it's been lived. I think about that a lot as a nonfiction writer. You kind of have to because your audience is always at the other end. Um, and one thing that I'm currently grappling with in my work are, are some things that I swore I would never write about. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what would happen if I did? And the fear for the longest time was, 
if I acknowledge that as part of my story and my life and, you know, that gives it power, you know, and I haven't wanted to like feed that. But I wonder if that's a false belief. I wonder if it's true. And I wonder what would happen if I just wrote it. Yeah. (laughs) And so I'm kind of experimenting with something similar, actually, Will. That's great to hear. That's let me know how it works for you. Because I'm (laughs) pretty I think this is a moment where I start to like decide to well, obviously, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know Um, if you know this. This might end up on the internet. No, I'm yeah. Normally podcasts are like, what, between two people, right? That's, what it, that's how it works. <laughs> uh. No, yeah. Uh, this is a moment where I'm going to be, I'm going to decide to be more accepting of it. This, like, this podcast here, this conversation rather, is sort of a decision to allow it to be a part of just a story that I've, I've experienced that I just, it's uncanny. Well, we feel honored that you would come on the show so and honored. share this story. Thank you so much uh, for your time and for sharing. And we would love to hear, you know, any further developments, you know, as you go and embark on this journey, I guess. Um, yeah. The right? <laughs> stories that may or may not involve butterflies. Oh my God. What if that happens? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> Erica, can you believe how many people we've had on this show willing to share such deep, personal, affecting experiences? Yeah, it is such a privilege to hear and ask questions and engage with stories that I think a lot of people just wouldn't believe. Yeah, and it's so interesting how with paranormal experiences in general, uh, people can have such different you know, reactions mm-hmm. to them. Like some people, they walk away with you know, new wonder, new hope at the world. You know, it's so much more magical than I could have ever imagined. But some people, they have a very different experience, a negative one where mm. it you know, is almost traumatic. Yeah. And I meant when I said to Will, I have been afraid about writing certain moments of my life, right? Because I fear that doing so grants them power or mm. like telling that story somehow grants them power. But now I'm just thinking about it a little bit more and wondering... Well, fuck it. What happens if we do, right? Mm, Um, (laughs) mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Because if you own the experience and just make it part of your story, because it is, it always is, maybe it does the opposite thing. And maybe it takes the power from those moments away Mm -hmm. and they don't follow us anymore. I don't know. Yeah, I'm really interested in that whole timeline of experience. Uh, You know, does it ever end? Mm. Uh, I would say no. (laughs) Because it's easy to think when someone shares a story with us that it like happened in the past, but in their retelling of it and their remembering of it, it's happening for them in the present too. And like, of course, that person is probably wondering how it's going to affect them in the future, perhaps. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go with that. Or with other people too. It sucks when you share a story and like with Will's grandma, the response you get is, you know, being made fun of or someone not believing you. Um, but conversely, it's, it's awesome when you share an experience and someone is you know, excited about it. Or maybe they even say, hey, I've experienced that too. And that's honestly what I'm most excited about with this show. I think of it as a point of connection, not a point of silencing. And a point of validation. Mm, yeah. And I think that applies to any kind of story, not just the paranormal. Listening to someone and honoring what they've experienced. And like I was saying before, what I believe they're still experiencing mm. and engaging with it 
it's so much more powerful than just writing someone off, you know, yeah. kind of like Harry Potter. Wait, what? He was a tragic guy. He was literally scarred by what happened in his childhood, you know, <laughs> but as we like follow <laughs> him guess. through his story, it actually becomes his greatest power. And you know what? He changed the wizarding world. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's kind of corny, but it's, it's kind of true, right? And that is still happening for Will. His book is still being written. We're in like prisoner of Azkaban territory right now. <laughs> Isn't that your yeah. favorite one? Uh, yeah. I mean, Sirius Black is my dude. So, um, but <laughs> yeah, I guess, uh, who will William Mikey become? Who will he become? Uh, listeners, who have you become? How have your paranormal experiences shaped your life? Let us know on Twitter at NPN Podcast with the hashtag RealWeird. Thanks for listening. And as always, make sure to subscribe to our weekly show on your favorite podcast app or on our website, npnpodcast.com. See you next time. Normal Paranormal is a super secret club production. Our theme music is by The Envy Corps. Visit our website, npnpodcast.com, or our Twitter, at npnpodcast, for updates and the latest episodes.